What's up, guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the Launchpad Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Launch, and I'm joined with my husband today, Joshua Launch. What's going on? And we are so, so excited to be bringing you this podcast in 2022. We promised it would be here before the year's end, and here you go. Here it is. Happy September. So um, really, the whole purpose of this podcast is is one thing, is we we hope to change one person's life. And if it's only one person, that's enough for us. Um, everything else is is just bonus at this point. But, but really, what we're looking to do is cover five main things. We want to talk about health, entrepreneurship, relationships, mindset, addiction, all of those different things have reared its head in our lives in, in very unique ways, in ways that, you know, other other people in our lives, our friends age, people older than us, younger than us, haven't or have experienced. And so we're super excited to just open up the conversation around these five topics and, and give you guys some insight onto what that's looked like in our lives. So we figured the first, the first place to start is being self-employed. We wouldn't be able to be here right now talking on this podcast if we hadn't made the jump to become self-employed. Um, Josh was the OG entrepreneur out of the two of us and has kicked its butt. Um, and sometimes it has kicked Josh's butt. So so we're, we're super excited to dive into it today. So Josh, um, kind of give us the rundown. How did you become self-employed? I think it all started back whenever I was in middle school. This is whenever it goes all the way back to my first time ever making a sale iPhones had just come out. I've got the iPhone 4S, I think is what it was. First one with Siri. It was awesome. Right. And everyone had new phone cases. That's when OtterBox was getting big. That's when all these cool ones. So I went on Amazon. I found some, bought them for like 10 bucks, 10 of them, and went to school, sold each of them for 10 bucks. So I made my bunny back on the first sale. Then I made $90 profit. Oh my gosh. I learned in there after selling one for $10, selling the exact same one for 15 to somebody, selling the same one for five to somebody else that if you're selling the same product, you need to keep your prices at the same point. <laughs> so I learned from a young age a little bit about being self-employed and and just like making sales and kind of doing that. So transition into high school. I always knew I wanted to be self-employed. I always said I'd have my own business. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, but I always had that dream of of becoming my own boss. So college, what did I study? Entrepreneurship. Cool. And Good finance, figure. but entrepreneurship. So in school, I was like, I'm going to study and figure out how to do this. I didn't take school ser- seriously. But after college, I went into a job and realized, what the heck am I doing? How, have, how am I ever going to be self-employed if I'm working for somebody? That was my dream all along. Why am I just going to like set that on the back burner? Mm. So about six months into my first job after college, I was like, you know, I'm out. I quit. I decided I was going to make my own woodworking business. I had built some stuff in the past and was like, I can pretty much do that. Um, and so that's that's really my journey into being self-employed was I realized how much money I was making at my job that I realized my dream was not to work that job. My dream was to be my own boss. And so I just took the steps to implement that. And I probably did that a little sooner than I should have. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't think I was fully prepared if you ever are fully prepared to go into something like that. Um, but that's kind of my journey. I started a custom woodworking business. I build tables, desks, furniture, fences, decks, I stain fences and decks, um, do all sorts of stuff with wood. He's got that good wood. And if you need to look at more, just visit wetfootwoodworks.com and you'll see all that good wood we got. (laughs) (laughs) That's my slogan. We got that good wood. But yeah, I started a woodworking business. Um, It's been running for coming up on two years next month, I believe. 
So super excited about that. It's been it's been really great. It's been really hard. It's I've learned more than I ever have about myself and also about business, about others, about how people treat you, about about the things that you do and and what life is really about, I think. And so that's that's a little bit of my journey into self-employment. Um, what about you? Well, before we get into my story, I kind of want to ask, you know, why don't you think you went straight out of college to starting a wet fit business? Like if that was your dream the whole time, why all of a sudden when you graduated college, was that a shift and did you go work for someone? I think it was because I didn't have an idea. In college, I did a bunch of business plan competitions where you come up with a business plan as if it is real, but it's all just on paper and you present it. And we ended up presenting in front of like the governor. We did the Arkansas Governor's Cup. I won at Washita a few times and it was a really unique experience, but I think that translated for me into why I would just take a job after college because I didn't have an idea. Right. I didn't know what I wanted to do, self-employment. And even starting my woodworking business, it was just, I know how to do stuff with wood. I'm just going to start it and I'll figure out from here on out what I want to do. Because mm. I knew what I was doing, I didn't want to do. So I might as well find something I can create and make for myself. And so I think that's why I took the job. One, money. It's comfortable. It's dependable, and um, that's that's probably why I did take the job. But overall, if I had a great idea coming out of college, I really do believe I would have just jumped straight into it. Uh, I just don't think I had invested that much time and um, thought into starting yeah. a business at that point. It was just all hypothetical. Do you think us being married also had an effect? Like if you were single coming out of college, like not having anybody to provide for for yourself, like you think it would have been easier to make the entrepreneurship jump or, or did that – us being married and having both of us to provide for, like, play a factor into you kind of chasing the safety of, of a salary or a job that you're working in? I think a little bit of both. I think, in all honesty, the security of it. Our parents' generation, for example. Everyone's parents, or if you have parents, most parents are great. <laughs> Everybody has My, parents. <laughs> some people don't. Well, like, at the root of it all, you had to be born from okay, somebody. Everybody okay. has parents. Right. Okay, so growing up, I had two very supportive parents. They're very, um, how do I describe it? Safe. They want to be secure. They want their to know that like what they have is what they can provide for. Their money bringing in is able to be sufficient and what's comfortable. She wants me to never have to really struggle. My mom's very, not protective of don't go after this, but she's very... Um, Risk averse. Yeah. I think going into a job immediately after college was something that was just taught to me. My brother did it. My sister did it. Everyone does it. You go to college, then you go get a job, then you get married, then you have kids, and the cycle continues or whatever. I think for me, I couldn't anymore. My happiness, my livelihood, the, the life I wanted to create and the person I wanted to be was no longer having a chance to breathe if I was working that job. Mm. No matter if my mom knew that it was the most secure thing for me to do, if it was going to be the best thing to provide for me in Madison at the time, if it was going to be the most easy and reliable and comfortable life out there. And the thing about being comfortable is being comfortable is like almost damning. Mm. It, it puts you in a box to where you don't want to get out. I had good pay. I had an awesome truck. I had an awesome boss. I had I had everything I wanted whenever I was working that job. But what I didn't have was my time freedom, my dream. And so that's that's really why I think I went for it. But what about you, Madison? How did you get into the uh, self-employed world? 
Yeah, so I think I was just tired of watching you have all the fun. So eventually I was like, I need to do this myself. Um, No, but when we first got out of college, um, Josh was working a job very shortly. I think it was about six months, like you said, that he was working. Um, And I was employed at a bank the entire time. And so I spent right after college um, studying for three different series tests. So I was studying to be a financial advisor, which is why I got a financial Um, or a finance degree in college, but I had studied for almost six months to pass these three series exams um, so I could actually do my job. And once I passed all of those, I went right into the bank um, and started, you know, advising people on on how to plan for retirement and and all the ways to save money and make sure you're investing at the right age and things like that. And even though I felt competent in it and I was good at what I was doing because of what I had studied – it was never my passion. Even being a finance major was not my passion. You know, I went into college being a journalism major and then realized, oh, wait, I can't make any money out of this and let, you know, my family and people in my life say that that wouldn't be a worth worthy career. So, you know, I was like, whatever, I'll just switch to finance. So I did. And from then on, I knew that it wasn't my love, but I was like, well, I just need to take this next step. I need to do the next thing so I can, you know, get this supposedly great job and have this great benefits package. But like the second that I got done with all that work, I was so upset because I was like, this is not what I want to do. But it's almost like that sunk cost feeling. I put so much time into this. I have to make it work. And so from the second that I started doing that job, I was unhappy. And each day that went by, I got a little bit more miserable. And at the same time, you know, six months had gone in and Josh had started becoming self-employed. I was still working at the bank. So for another almost year, maybe eight months, I was miserable, but I also was watching you start to live your dream. You had just left your job while I was still miserable in mine. So it was a really hard dynamic feeling the way that I did and also wanting to support you and be happy for you that you now have all this freedom. And so I think observing that over time really helped me one, get the confidence that I could. Cause you, I saw you, I saw you doing it. And every single day, you know, having everything that you needed, everything that you wanted. And so without you, I don't think I would have had that confidence in myself to be self-employed. Um, cause it wasn't really ever a big dream of mine. I never thought I wanted to run my own business growing up. Um, but seeing you do it, like I said, was a really, a really cool thing for me. And so as I continued to get more miserable, I was like, you know, what, what am I passionate about that I could possibly make a business in? Cause it wasn't, it wasn't like you where you were already good at woodworking. So you just kind of, you turned it into that. I didn't have anything that I felt like I was super good at when I first initially thought about it. I was like, I don't have any skills. I can't build anything. I can't do anything. And then I was like, wait, I love working out. I love eating healthy. And at the same time, all of this was happening. You know, Josh and I had gained a bunch of weight and we were doing our own health journey and we were losing weight and starting to work out again. So it was kind of, you know, the business side was feeling low for me in our health. We were doing amazing. And so it was such a great timing for both those things to happen because I felt confident that, okay, yeah, I've, I've lost this weight. I know how to help people do this. I can turn what I love into a business. But you know, if we hadn't been working on our health, I don't think I would have felt that way. I think Mm -hmm. I would have felt like I really had nothing that I could offer to anybody. And so, um, that's what I went with. I just started, you know, working out and posting my workouts and eating healthy and starting to post about what I did to help. And all of a sudden there's people coming out of the woodworks asking me 
for their for my help for mm-hmm. them. And it was really cool because I didn't feel like I was any expert. You know, I wasn't an expert in the health field. There's so many people out there that are smarter than me. But what I had was my own story. I had my own transformation of what I did instead of just, oh yeah, go do these push-ups, go do these pull-ups like a lot of personal trainers do. I really felt like my story connected with others. And so that's what gave me the platform to um to start growing that. And so that's, um, that's where it all started was me just sharing my transformation in my own life. And it turned into a business. And, you know, now we've helped hundreds of clients get healthy and, and, uh, you know, exercise and start their own journeys. So that's, that's how I got into it. Um, but yeah. What about your transformation or your story? Is it that reaches the people or what, what makes you unique in that? And does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question. I think for me, um, the part of my transformation, which is what made it, which is what has made it last is my mindset change. And that's why it's a big platform on our podcast. Along with talking about health, we're going to talk about mindset because if you don't change your mindset, your health won't change. What do you mean by mindset? Give me another word. Just the way that I talk to myself, the way that I think about things. And it's, it's this obscure topic like, oh, our mindset, because you can't see it. You know, it's not 40 pounds that you can measure. It's not measurable like the other things, but the way that I think about who I am is completely different. When I first started my health journey, most of the thoughts in my head were negative and abusive towards myself. You know, you're fat, you're lazy, you, you know, haven't been to the gym in weeks. How could you do that? You know, all these things. But now I don't ever say those things to myself. I don't even hardly weigh myself anymore because it's about, you know, what am I doing for myself that's going to fill up my cup so that I'm not you know, walking around, people are pulling things from me and I haven't given myself anything. So I think just in terms of like overall mindset and it can fit into any topic is, you know, how are you speaking to yourself? That is the most important thing because that's where everything starts. If you talk horrible to yourself and you hate yourself, that's how you're going to project that onto other people. So in your business, you're not going to grow a business if you're hateful towards others, right? Nobody's going to want to buy that, Mm -hmm. your product. Nobody's going to want to, you know, work with you, whatever service you're offering. So I really feel like it all starts in the mind. And my transformation, you know, was mental this time because I had done different diets before. I mean, there's tons of different ways to lose weight. So it wasn't necessarily the focus on how I lost the weight or how I got healthy, but really how how I changed my mind. So that way when I did lose the weight, I didn't go back to Mm -hmm. what I was doing before. Mm -hmm. I really had made a change, um, and was able to move forward. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, kind of transitioning to the next thing, you know, now that you've heard both of our stories and how we became self-employed, um, there's been a lot of things that have happened since then. You know, we became self-employed almost two years ago. Um, and so Josh kind of, kind of talk to me about the good things. We'll start off with the good news. You know, what is it about this, about self-employment that has everybody wanting it so bad and how has it shown up in your life? I think the number one thing is going to be time freedom, not having to be stuck in an office, stuck at your house, stuck at whatever this place is. You get to create your own schedule and you get to run with it however you want. Whenever I first became self-employed, it was the end of September or the beginning of October. I can't remember. Um, And long story short, it was hunting season. Hunting season was coming up and I had just done that and I immediately went straight into hunting. And you know what was so cool about it? It was I didn't have to wait until Saturday or Sunday. Sometimes Saturday and Sunday is raining, and I'm not going to go sit out in the deer woods whenever it's pouring down rain. But now that I have the ability to work whenever I want, I can change those rainy days to work in the shop, 
And now I can go hunt on Tuesday and Thursday or whatever day it is. And so the time freedom, the ability to just drop anything on a whim and go help someone out, being able to drop anything on a whim and go golfing with your dad, whatever it is, I think it's the ultimate freedom. It really is. Because in, in America, we say we have freedom. But what freedom do you really have whenever you're tied down to an 8 to 5 that you don't like? And yeah. don't get me wrong. There's a lot of you out there that work 8 to 5s for a corporation, for a business, nonprofit, whatever it might be. And you love it. It sets your heart on fire. You're passionate about it. You excel in your work. That is incredible, and I'm so happy for you. However, there are a ton of people out there that don't have that. They wake up, and they're miserable, and they hate their job. And these are the people that we're speaking to. We're wanting to share our gifts and what we've experienced in being self-employed with these individuals that are seeking that out. So if you have a job that you love, please don't hear us saying that corporate world sucks. What we're (laughs) trying to say is, We did not enjoy it, and there are people out there that aren't looking for it. But all that to say, your time freedom is exactly that. You don't have freedom if you're stuck and you have to be at this building from 8 to 5 every single Monday, Wednesday, or Monday through Friday. You don't. I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do because I can cancel any of my clients that I want and go do whatever I want. That's freedom. Mm, Right, or not having to take off. Like every, I mean, when I worked at the bank, if I needed to go to the doctor, I'd have to put it on my calendar. Okay, from two to three, I'm out of the office because if somebody needed me, they would need to know that I was out. Or, you know, maybe my boss didn't approve of it at the time. He said, no, you need to schedule your doctor's appointment from another time. Like, there is none of that. When you work for yourself, you do whatever you want. So it's crazy. That would probably be my my number one thing. What about you? Um, I, w- I would have to say the same, honestly. I mean, I know that's boring of an answer. Boring. Boring. But like, Honestly, I don't have to wake up any time before I want to, you know, and that's a little different because I have clients, you know, that work out at 530. But if I didn't want to have a 530 client, I don't have, I don't have to, you know, I, I wake up early because I love it mm-hmm. and I, I want to, and I like to be, you know, accomplishing things before other people are awake. That makes me feel good. But I get to, I get to tune into my own personality and my own work ethic and decide when I want to apply those things instead of, okay, you have eight to five every day to get your work done. If you're super motivated in the morning and you get all of your work done by noon, corporate life sucks because you're sitting there from 12 or one to get back from lunch until five o'clock twiddling your thumbs or watching Netflix and just like punching a clock, which Honestly, when I've asked most people, most people that work at corporate jobs or work at a desk, they don't want their days to be slow. Like they want to have a lot to do because the day goes by fast. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I don't know. I just think that's, I think that's super interesting when you're talking about time freedom, because I have the ability to work as hard as I want for one hour and get everything I need to do done for the day. Um, And I don't have to stay in my house. Like as soon as I'm done with that work, I can go do whatever I want for fun. Whereas it doesn't matter in a corporate job, you can work as hard as you want. You're still going to have to be there till five o'clock. Punching the clock. Punching the clock. So that's, that's really been the biggest thing for me is, is getting to, like you said, enjoy my hobbies and things that I love within the pockets of my day and not just for the two hours at the end of the day. Cause what happens if we were to still have corporate jobs and have kids, you know, like you work all day, then you come home and you got to take care of the kids. So they go to bed. Then you have what one hour to like rejuvenate yourself before you have to do it all over again the next day. When you say it like that, it sounds nuts. It's like, why do we do this to ourselves? And there's a reason that, you know, American society is considered the most overworked in, you know, a lot of countries. So I just think it's super interesting. Hmm. All right. Transition with me here. We just talked about the good or a couple examples of the good. What about the bad? What have you experienced that's been challenging, that you don't like, that has tested you, troubled you, 
or anything like that. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say the number one thing that's bad is doubt, right? Like when you, when I was working at a desk. Your self-doubt or like other people doubting? My self-doubt, self-doubt. Um, because I think, I think other people doubting is just part of it. You get used to it. Cause I mean, literally from the beginning, people were like, no, don't be self-employed. That's so risky. So, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten used to the outside noise, but it's really the internal noise that's been hard for me is like, I, I've dealt with so much self-doubt and like imposter syndrome, almost like, am I, should I be doing this? Like, am I even the right person? Like, why would anybody even want to work with me? Like, I have so many issues. Like, you know, I can't help anyone. And so just, just really taking that to heart and thinking that I'm not worthy of the life that I've created for myself, which is so awful because it's like, you've spent all this work, you do all this stuff to create yourself a business. And then you're like, I don't deserve it. You know, you're like, do I even deserve it? So it's like, it's just these thoughts that get at you. And and I I believe that it's Satan, you know, that's trying to um, bring you down and to make you feel bad about yourself, but it's really easy to to tune into it and to listen to it because you think it's coming from your own mind. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just, I would say that like, not having someone to follow, not having a boss, you being the boss, like you make the decisions now, you write the roadmap. So on days when you're confused and you're feeling doubtful, there's no one above you telling you what you need to do to get closer to your goal. You have to come up with what it is that you're going to do to get closer to your goal. So I don't know, there's a lot of critical thinking involved. And um, when you place self-doubt on top of that, because you're the one making the decisions, I feel like that's, that's really been the hardest thing for me. What about Mm. you? I think a very similar route as you took. Um, in sports, you have teammates that play different roles on the team. In work, you have different people that play different roles for the business. Mm. Whenever you get to being self-employed and it just being you, you now assume all responsibilities of the coach, the players, the defense, you the offense, the point guard the and ref. the post. You're, you're everything. <laughs> like you are. You got you to gotta play every position. And so I think that's, that is the hardest part about it all is used to in sports. You might be able to take a breather on, on a fast break. Once your teammate gets a run and they do something good, you know, Mm -hmm. but in real life that doesn't happen. Mm. And in this life, it sure doesn't happen. You're sitting here. And if you take a break for a second and you're not focused on your goal and what you're trying to achieve, you're going to sit back and you're going to fall into that. You're not going to do it because you don't have a coworker. You don't have a boss. You don't have a X, Y, or Z to help you get there. You have to do it yourself. And so just assuming that responsibility, it's it's a lot sometimes. It's a lot whenever you're hearing those voices that you were just sharing. The I'm an imposter. I do not deserve this. What am I even doing? Should I even be doing this? When that voice is prevalent and loud in your mind, that's when that becomes the hardest thing. Totally. I think that's so interesting too because what you said about the analogy of like people on a sports team is like, okay, when I was playing basketball, if – you know, so-and-so made a bad defensive play. I didn't put that on myself. It's like, oh, that's their fault. There is nowhere to blame when being self-employed. Like you can only blame yourself, Mm -hmm. which is why I think that amplifies the self-doubt is because you're constantly just shooting arrows at yourself for like anything good, anything bad. But there's like every other job, like every other thing that you could be a part of workforce-wise, there's always somebody to blame. And what is America's pastime? blaming others. It's not baseball, y'all. It's literally blaming others. Like that's the best thing that Americans are good at. And so when you have a boss, if they make a bad decision, you're like, oh, well, 
that's my boss's fault. He's such a bad boss. You know, it's so easy to deflect mm-hmm. negativity to others when it a lot of times it's on you in the first place. But when you're self-employed, there is no option to blame anyone else. And, and there's so, no escape either. Yeah, there's no escape. So you're literally just blaming yourself all the time. And uh, yeah, I think that's where all those other things start to stem from too. But it's just interesting because I didn't think about that until you used the sports analogy. So it's cool. Mm. So what else is bad, Josh? What uh, what for you has been has been a struggle? I think one of the hardest parts about it all has been probably celebrating yourself. Hmm. It's it's easy to whenever you do something and you get a promotion in a job because you get this big promotion, you get a five thousand dollar check or whatever it is, and you sit there and you're like, "Yeah, pat myself on the back, good job, buddy! Like I did it, way to go!" There's a tangible reward that you just received. The problem with that is you don't you don't get that here. You have to reward yourself because Madison's not going to be sitting there looking through Wetfoot's bank account going, oh, good job, Josh. You made this amount this month. Great job. Way right. to go, buddy. Slap on the butt. Like, no, that doesn't happen. And even me, whenever I see that number, if that number is little, I beat myself up. If that number is big, I beat myself up. Because how am I going to do that again next month? Exactly. It's always you want to progress. You want to be better. You want to become this version of yourself that you know you're capable of. But but you don't reward yourself in it. And I, I haven't figured that part out. And that yeah. I think in terms of like my mental capacity, my overall um, confidence levels or, or whatever you might call it, that's probably been one of the hardest like personal attacks that it's had on myself. Yeah. Is learning how to celebrate and be like, Josh, you're not failing, dude. You have someone working with you. Like, you have a shop. You've got all these tools. You've got jobs. You've got work. Like, you're doing great, buddy. Mm. I don't tell myself that. Right. I tell myself, hey, you need to find more work. You need to do this. You need to do this. You didn't do that. Oh, you could have done that better. Oh, remember whenever you did this. And when that's constantly in my mind, it's hard for me to focus on being the boss that I need to be, being the entrepreneur that I need to be, being as creative as I can because I'm wasting my mental energy and capacity on things that don't need my breath. Totally. That's wow. that's probably my hardest thing. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that you said that. What about something that like you've learned about yourself as being an entrepreneur? Like not not about the job, not about the business, but like what have you learned about your personality in through entrepreneurship? It's gonna sound a little bit odd, but you can be whoever you want to be whenever you want to be it. If you if you've ever seen the movie Split. It's this guy who has a bunch of different personalities. He rotates between all these different, like, <laughs> characters, essentially. But, like, you, you kind of have to play that role. And I've learned that I can do that. That I can be um, the sweet, kind, loving Josh, the friendly Josh, the person who goes out of his way and makes you feel heard. Um, I can be the person who leaves you with a smile. I can be the person that can offer a helping hand. And, and I can do all sorts of these different things roles or tasks or characters, whatever you want to call them. But you've also had to be, you know, the businessman because now you have somebody working for you. And so right. we've had to, you know, go through that challenge and realize, you know, how to structure someone so that they have pay and that they are getting, you know, their incomes covered through that. So there's like you've had to be the business guy too. Right. And that's that's another character. And that was one maybe I was going to go into but didn't. But I want to ask you, kind of in a different realm and a different business and world than I'm in, what is something that you're struggling with right now in regards to your business and you growing as an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, I think I would say anxiety is kind of what holds me back and or what I'm struggling with right now because I think until I became self-employed, 
I wasn't a very anxious person. And, you know, I always had somebody telling me what to do, what time to be at practice, what time to go to class. And now that I have to make all those decisions for myself, I've really, I've really become aware of like how I was not living my own life before. And now that I do live my own life, there's a lot more anxiety that comes because Mm. I'm having to make decisions. Um, and also, do you think it's based on those decisions that you're having to make? You know, or what's it coming from? I don't know. It's, it's not even necessarily the decisions. It's more just like, I don't have someone validating what I choose, you know, and Mm. I can't see what's going to happen until it's over. And like, for example, like if you had a boss and they're like, Hey, I need you, I need you to do this. I need it to be done in a week. Like you have expectations of when that needs to be done and who you need to turn it into. Like if I'm coming up with my own idea, it could take me a day, it could take me a month, but I don't ever know if I'm tracking along correctly. If, if that makes sense. It's just, there's, there's no boundaries. There's no nothing. It's just open creative space, Mm. which is amazing on one end, but on the other end, there's just not a good way to track if you're doing well. And so I think that I sit with that anxiety a lot is like, am I doing good? Like, am I even working hard? Do I need to work harder to get what I need? Or like I could work nine hours during the day and work so much and get everything accomplished. But like, since I don't have somebody being like, okay, you're done for the day, I can't flip that switch off. Mm. And so I feel like the anxiety is just like this constant, like thinking and thought process of, oh, what if I could do more? Like, okay, I'm going to cut myself off from working today, but what if I worked an extra hour? Where could my business be? Mm. So it's like when I was working at a desk, I didn't have those thoughts because I, it was very clear what my expectations were and everything I needed to have done. And once I did, I was able to rest. And now I, I can't rest. (laughs) There's like no Mm. off switch for me anymore, which I think, like I said, creates a lot of anxiety. So in a roundabout way, that's what I'd answer. So let me ask you this then. We were talking a lot earlier about like the benefits of being self-employed and the time freedom that we have. Take me through your time freedom. Because if that's our greatest asset or gift or perk of being self-employed, is it easy to shut that switch off like you were just saying it was hard to? Or are you able to do that more often? Do you spend a lot of time doing free stuff or are you always like constantly working? Right. I think the the perk of time freedom, it sounds great in theory, but it's actually a lot harder to apply it. And I feel like that's something that we're still working through. So I don't feel like I'm able to say right in this moment, like I've conquered my time freedom and I work when I want to work and I play when I want to play. Like that's the goal, but I still have a ton of, you know, agreements that I have in my mind about what it should be or how, Mm. you know, it, Oh, here's a great example. So for example, like Mondays, every Monday I take off of work where like I don't talk to clients. I don't train anyone like my schedule. I don't fill Monday up with anything. I just leave it open. And a lot of days I use it to clean or I use it to, that's, I call it my me day or whatever. Okay. But like every Sunday night, I still feel that pull of like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. And I set my Monday up on purpose so that I wouldn't feel that way. But I still do sometimes because Mm. I've just been in the routine of living Monday through Friday, living for the weekends. And so, like I said, you can, you can try all you want, but if you're not intentional about it, you will still feel like you're working a job if you aren't aware of the time freedom that you have. So yeah, time freedom is a great thing, but I, I, I struggle actually applying Mm. it. So I, I don't think that I can even say right now that I'm like, oh yeah, man, like I got all the time in the world. I, I can't say that. And I, I want to touch on something. We, we might be making it seem like we don't work or we might not be working at all or being self-employed is so easy. The thing about it is, is your work is different. Your work is 
I'm not saying your work at a corporate job is not meaningful, but it is meaningful in the sense that it's everything you want it to be because you are the creator. Mm -hmm. You get to create whatever it is you want. And so when we say that we're taking all this time off and we're enjoying ourselves, like, yeah, we have that flexibility, but there is a, a line of what you are doing and the work that you have to do. And, and it is like, if you don't work, you're not going to make money. If you don't make money, you can't pay bills. If you can't pay bills, you're not going to keep your house. Right. And that's a fact. Right. So the work that we are doing, it's, it is work. Sometimes you work until 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes you wake up and you're working at five. Right. But then I'm like done working for the day by like eight yeah, <laughs> if you, I you, want to. Yeah. You have that, you have that option, but thanks for sharing a little bit about that and your anxiety with it all. And, um, just struggles you're going with. What have you learned about yourself working through this anxiety, working through this new job, working through self-employed and that transition from what you once knew to this and learning? What have you learned about yourself? What I've learned about myself is that I do not know how to rest. <laughs> and I'm trying like to sleep. Well, sleep. I don't necessarily think it has to be sleep, but just like actually resting and like feeling refilled from being drained. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I'm running on empty a lot. Um, and that's because of my own fault. That's because I overwork myself. I don't look for times to rest. Um, so I think what I've learned about myself is that like I can keep going until I kill myself if I don't take precaution and be like, okay, I can see that at the end of this week, I have all these things to do. So maybe today for two hours, I'm going to rest. I'm going to read a book, you know, mm -hmm. that like, being able to see what's ahead and seeing myself, oh, okay, I know the pattern. I know that if I continue doing this, I'm going to get burned out. And so I think what I've learned about myself is that slowly day by day, I'm getting better at noticing when I'm feeling low and when I'm feeling like I'm about to burn out. Mm -hmm. um, because before there was no option to rest. Like as an athlete, as a student athlete, like all I've known is to push myself to the end. What and sport did you play? I played basketball. Cool. So I played all the way through college and literally all I know is to overwork myself. And that has given me a sense of identity my whole life is like, I can work, I can outwork anybody. I can do more pull-ups and anybody, you know, always more, always more. But like that is going to end up killing you if you take that approach into the real world, mm -hmm. because there's so many more responsibilities that we have now as adults and as, you know, spouses that were not in college. And so I can't keep that same mindset of killing myself when now I have a marriage I have to be a part of. I have another person that- You get to be a part of. <laughs> I get Thank to be you. a part of, sorry. I, um, <laughs> I have another person now whose life and mood can be somewhat dependent or shifted on how I am. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm constantly exhausted, if I'm constantly burning myself thin, I don't want to have sex. I don't want to, you know, cook dinner. I don't want to do the dishes. I can't take care of the responsibilities that I need to do to keep our life and our house running when I'm on E. It's no longer just, you know, hurting myself anymore. It's hurting two people. Mm. It's hurting my family. It's hurting the clients that I coach. You know, I'm not coaching them to their, to the potential and what they're paying me for when I'm on E. Mm. And so I think all that to say, just like, I've really learned about, I've really learned that about myself and I'm trying intentionally in this season to give myself rest before I hit that burnout phase. What happens when you do hit burnout? I think that's very important not to hit it. Yeah. I think it's important to hit it a couple times at the beginning yeah. to know what your limits are, but what, what happens when you get burnt out? Um, or what do you see happening in the process to get you burnt out? Mm. I'm going to answer your first question first, okay. which is like what burnout is. And I feel like the number one word that 
describes burnout for me is obligation. Mm. Like when I am burned out, every single thing I have to do in my life feels like I have to do it. Like even going on a hike with you or like going to dinner with friends, like those things feel would be so fun for me and would normally be an escape from my work. But when I'm burned out, like the last thing I want to do is go hang out with people. The last thing I want to do is be social or to work out, like all these different things. I lose motivation for the things that I love when I'm burned out and everything feels like I have to. So what about you? What what do you feel when you feel burned out? Lethargic a little bit. When I get burnt out, I'm just like kind of dissociate from the world. I'm just, I don't want to do work. Mm. I don't want to do business. I don't want to do health. I don't want to do anything. And I just turn into like the least healthy version of yeah. myself and is I what like, I've discovered. I feel like you get really quiet too. I do. Like I always am like, are you okay? Like I, I very much pick up on when you're burnt out because you like just salt. are silent. Yeah, I just like salted my burnout basically. It's, it's interesting. Uh, while we're on this topic, our business coach, we went through this intense course for six months, Madison and I did. Um, and our coach was sharing with us one day about burnout and about how to feel rejuvenated after a really long week or a really long day or a really long month of work or whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life, whether it's relationship or work or whatever it might be. And he said this. He said, essentially, we all live in this world where we believe that to find rest after a long work week is to sit on the couch, to drink on the weekends, to watch movies, to sit and sleep longer, to sleep in. But he said in a study that he found, it's actually the rejuvenate, rejuvenating activities that we do in our life that bring us back energy, mm. that bring us back the motivation, the center, the grounded of ourselves and motivates us to work harder in the future. And so if your rejuvenating activity is going and, I don't know, going on a hike with your spouse and their, your dog, like go on a hike with your spouse and your dog on a day when you don't feel like doing it. Mm. Because on the weekends, instead of just sitting and doing the same thing over and over and over again, resting, drinking, relaxing, watching the movies, watching football, whatever it is, that's not going to make you feel any more productive or excited for work on Monday. But if you go out on a bachelor trip with your buddies and you spend time, quality time, investing in friendships and conversation with your friends, you come back from that trip feeling totally alive. Right. So are you you saying that like actually laying down, like being motionless, like watching TV, like – Act, those those acts of what we think of as rest are actually draining us more? Yes and no, because I think at times that is important. If you go out and you're working construction, you're outside all day, every day for 10 hours, busting your butt framing or doing whatever, when you get home, I'm not going to tell you to go work out and go on a hike with your dog and your <laughs> wife. Like, right? Okay. But whenever you see a pattern, burnout doesn't happen overnight. It's not a one-time thing where you just had a bad day and you're burnt mm-hmm. out. Burnout happens over a period of time following periods of events. So what he was saying in this is basically, yeah, that rest is important. That type of rest is, but in moderation. If you're doing that every weekend, what are you really doing at your job? Why are you even working? You're working to sleep on the weekends, to drink and watch TV on the weekends. Like you're not living any life. Yeah, you're working. You're living the same Monday through Friday every single week and doing the same Friday, Saturday, Sunday routine every single weekend. And calling it life. Yeah. <laughs> and so what he was saying is get out of that pattern. When you feel burnt out, when you feel stuck, when you feel unmotivated or you're not wanting to get to work, go do something rejuvenating. And what that rejuvenating activity is is something that excites you, something that gets your blood going. Mm. If it's paying for a trip for you and your spouse to go do something you've always wanted to do, do it. 
Like, go find something that's going to bring you back, give you something to talk about instead of living the same mundane life over and over again and then reaching burnout. That's so good. I thought that was cool. It was too cool for me not to share. It, yeah. My jaw dropped whenever I heard it. I was like, ugh. But it's funny because, like, my body and my mind's first stop is like, oh, my gosh, I'm burned out. I got to lay down and watch a show mm-hmm. and, like, veg out. But I, I truly, like, cannot think of one instance right now where I, like, felt that rejuvenating feeling afterwards. Hmm. Like, what I'm, do you feel instead? I don't know. Like, honestly, just, like, I lost a few hours. And a lot of times I, like, justify it, and I'm like, oh, I needed that. You know, I needed to escape. I needed to not think about anything, which sometimes I do. But it doesn't it doesn't fill me back up to start again tomorrow. Like, hmm. I, I feel the same. I feel like I start tomorrow at the same exact level of burnout that I did the day before. I'm never like, oh my gosh, I am so glad I just sat here and I binged this show for eight hours. I feel so much better tomorrow. I'm ready to go. Like it makes me just feel lazier. It doesn't help me mm-hmm. be more motivated. So yeah, it gives me rest, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, rest from whatever it is I think that's temporary. burning me out. But yeah, it's temporary. It, it's not actually solving the problem. It's just putting a bandaid on it until mm. tomorrow again when I, I'm going to reopen that wound. Mm. So That's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to our very first episode on the Launchpad Podcast. We're so happy to have you joining us today. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. It will help us out so, so much. And if you have any questions at all, please email us at thelaunchpad at gmail.com and we will get back to you as soon as possible. We'd love to hear your guys' feedback and want to know any topics that you guys want to hear us talk about. If you want to follow us on Instagram, my name is Joshua Launch. Hers is Madison Launch. You can find us there. Reach out to us there. We would love to know that you're listening. We just started a TikTok. Um, I haven't posted any videos yet. It's going to be called the Launchpad Podcast. So we're we're trying to get there, trying to get with the young generation. So just give us some time. I got to figure out how to use this app called TikTok. So. Got to learn the technologies. <laughs> but uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Bye.